0: Welcome to No Such Thing as Normal podcast with Natalie Hayes and Jess McKeon.
1: This is a casual podcast where we talk about all the things you're not supposed to talk about in order to help you normalize your real life because we're all just a bunch of weirdos having a completely human experience in a society that asks us to pretend like we're not.
0: And I'm your host, Jess, a gifted spirit baby medium who facilitates deep soul healing by channeling
1: divine messages. I'm your other host, Natalie, an intuitive and transformative life coach.
0: Be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Watch our hundred percent unedited episodes. We will not edit that out <laughs> on YouTube. Not. And you can follow both of us on Instagram at mcjaguar and at intuitive natalie. And I'll let you figure out who is who <laughs> for more weirdo and <laughs> weird content.
1: Yes, and if you like this episode, please be sure to rate and review. And if you're on YouTube, drop a comment. Tell us what you liked so that more people can unleash their weird with you. Do it what unleash the weird I love that i so glad it's October I this oh. month is my favorite month favorite month ever because of like fall and pumpkins and Halloween yeah like my whole aesthetic is like cozy like fuzzy socks is my aesthetic
0: <laughs> I don't even know what my aesthetic would be no no I mean, I would definitely go with cozy, but I'm going to think about that. I like that. I agree. Um, I put the fake fireplace on Netflix on my big screen TV and it has like crackling sounds and it burns the whole logs. And so like, I kind of do some work around that. And I put on, I have been putting on more music in the mornings and trying to just have that like cozy vibe. I agree. And like outside in the Pacific Northwest, like I have this, um, Japanese maple and it is like Ooh. a flame in colors. And I just go out to her and I'm like, girl, you are so pretty. So I'm loving pretty. everything. So
1: Japanese maple, if you don't know what that is, they are gorgeous. The
0: and it's fall. like, some is still green. And then it's like this like little rainbow and it's, and then I have like, trees behind that. I mean, I just walked out today and i just, and I actually have been thinking about that, like how we're always so impressed with nature, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's impressive like, look at the <laughs> sunset or, you know, like, Look at these trees. <laughs> but it's true. It's like nature is amazing. So, yeah,
1: way better than what we could create. I think nature shows us. What about like the pumpkin spice stuff? Are you into that? Days mm, like potpourri, but I do like <laughs> caramel apple, like uh, the other cozy mm. stuff. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, Yum. PSL is not my jam.
0: I've been doing um, a pumpkin chai oat milk latte. Let me tell you Yum. folks,
1: super yummy, uh, very intense flavories, though, but Jive. that's kind of what Fall's all about. Oh yeah. Intensity. I love mm-hmm. that because of the intensity of October. Mm. We're going to talk about some intense stuff today. Very intense, really intense. We're going to touch on miscarriage because it's, what is this month?
0: This month is pregnancy and infant loss awareness month or when remem- yes. and the remembrance day is, uh, Friday, October 15th. So, so the
1: Friday this before this a, comes out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, a, it's a really important time to, I think, honor this type of grief, this type of loss, um, because so many people suffer in silence over miscarriages. Right. And we all know the horrible things that people say when somebody loses a baby at only six weeks or whatever it is. Right. Right. Um, so I think it's just important to kind of honor that specifically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And along the lines of like miscarriage also, we'll just touch on like death and releasing, give you hopefully a couple tips for like releasing things in your life. If you're grieving, maybe some practical stuff you could try to help you release and shed because fall is all about releasing. The leaves are literally falling. Winter is coming. <laughs> The veil is thin. <laughs> this is the best month ever.
0: Okay. What does that mean? The veil is thin.
1: Okay. So I don't know how to pronounce it. Halloween um, is really a pagan holiday. What's it? Called? Sam- Samhain. Is that how you say it? Sam- <laughs> I'm not sure. S-A-M-H-A-I-N. <laughs> don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah, that's Halloween. Samhain. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's just like in Scorpio season it aligns with mm-hmm. the beginning of Scorpio season and Scorpio is all about like you know death transformation magic rising from the ashes um you, there's something about this time of year that the veil is thin isn't that like is there proof <laughs>
0: okay my guys proof? are like my guys are like and when's the veil thick <laughs>
1: um April
0: <laughs> <laughs> like does it get thicker and thinner um um I think there's probably something of around this time of year that the witch witches knew mm-hmm. that what my guys are showing me is kind of like, hey, this is the time to come interact with earth. This is your open window. This is your portal. This is sort of the the time, like if you watch those movies, like Coco, right. Where oh my God, I they, love Coco, definitely watch Coco, watch it with oh, your kids. I'm a Coco star. Um, but like, you know, like there's times when we can kind of like honor them or we do ceremonies or rituals, right. Especially in that culture. And so I think it's like when we're all kind of collectively doing an honoring of those who have passed mm. there, it's like, we shine like a bigger, bright light up to them and they kind of see it and sense it more. And it's like, oh, this is like our annual conference with the living.
1: <laughs> Ooh, chicken or the egg? What came first? Did we start like <laughs> celebrating Halloween, that word we can't pronounce, and then the veil became thin? Or like, did they know that the veil was thin? And that's why this like pagan tradition was created.
0: I think those on the other side knew the veil was thin
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we experienced it. And we're like, something keeps happening around this time of year, <laughs> do some stuff <laughs> oh,
1: okay um well great i really love that explanation from your guys because i was like i don't know because the veil's thin i don't know
0: <laughs> oh, i love my guides that they're like and what is it thick like those are my that's my guides like they're yeah, just I like <laughs> so funny um, okay so maybe we'll start on a lighter topic before we move into like death dying and all that good stuff okay. um, let's talk about letting go yeah without singing the frozen song
1: I have actually never seen it Frozen, so it wasn't there even on my radar. <laughs> um, I just wrote a post
0: about this, about letting go, and what I what I kind of realized was like, one for me, it's a process. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a couple of tools and attention to look at it from a couple of different angles, hear some different perspectives on it, and let things go. Bigger things, little things, maybe like easier, don't need as much time, but bigger things. But sometimes I realize that I've been holding on or working with something for like six months. And mm-hmm. I try not to get annoyed with myself
1: <laughs>
0: because I know that I'm holding on to it for a reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I sat in my meditation and I pulled a card, just kind of like, what do I need to know today? And the minute I read the card, I was like, I need to let this shit go. And I was like, okay, I'm going to journal it out. And so I was just journaling and, you know, Journaling my justifications and why I was right and all this kind of stuff. And you know the situation I'm talking about, Natalie. I do. Journaling, 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 so mad, so mad. And then I got to like this third page. And here's the thing Natalie has told me you want to be right (laughs) instead of kind. So Mm -hmm. I knew that, but I didn't quite believe it yet. It didn't quite sink in. I was like, that sounds nice. I still want to be right. (laughs) And so I was just like, I got to this point where that came up and I was like, oh, I'm the one that has to shift that. I'm the one that has to realize like, I don't want to hold on to being right anymore because I'm not, it's not Mm -hmm. serving me and it's not changing the situation. And I just want to be kind and love this other person and set them free and set me free. And so I kind of had this, like, I call it spiritual dawn, right? This Mm -hmm. feeling of like effervescence with like shit just like lifts off of you. And I was like, Oh, and this is what I want to say about letting go. Like, that's how it happens for me. It's like this weird instantaneous consciousness shift it was there one minute and it's absolutely gone the next, which always trips me out. Mm-hmm. Like, how could I have been so obsessive literally minutes before I did this journal prompt? And now after this journal prompt
1: being totally like free, goodbye, love you. It was your change process. Journaling was your change process. You like recognize where you were before you like set the intention for where you want to be after. And then like you worked through your change process to get you there.
0: And I'm like, you guys, a 15 minute journal prompt can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't think it can, but it really can. And so I just felt this like once I like let it go and I feel like this is a complete letting go of it. I just felt this freedom and I actually felt love back to this person. Right. And I felt like I didn't have to hold or harbor anything against them. I could just be like, cool. I love them. Let's move on with our life. And you know how sometimes you say like, it's fine, whatever. I love them. I've moved on, but you haven't. Don't worry. Cause it'll just come back up again. <laughs>
1: There's a difference between ignoring and releasing. <laughs> there Ooh, is that's difference. so good.
0: That's so good. And sometimes we do ignore it because we just want to be done with it. Cause it's hard to let some things go and do that process. And sometimes, you know, you can journal five times and it's still not gone. Right. So it's like, you know, you have to have a couple of tools in your tool to, tool belt to let things go.
1: Yeah. That's it. That definitely can be a process. You have to be ready to let it go before you can really let it go. What about
0: you? I feel like you like, don't hold on to anything and just let things go all the time.
1: Um, I do. I feel like,
0: (laughs) I just did like fire around you. You're like
1: next (laughs) into the
0: incinerator. I ain't got time for this. Whereas I'm like, come here problem and sit with me for six months.
1: Let's live with this. I'll make (laughs) (laughs) you go do You want for lunch? Um, I just if I find that something is taking up too much of my headspace, too much of my heart space, mm. I just like choose to let it go. I don't. I, I honestly think that that's like a gift that I have. I don't know that everybody has that like quick release kind of gift, which my guys are saying like, no, that's something that you came in with. <laughs> but um. I think half the battle is like just choosing to let it go. If you're still like emotionally invested in something, it, it's much, much harder to release it than really when you come to a place of neutrality.
0: How, I mean, are you like thinking your way to that choice? Like, you know, like, okay, you're sitting on the couch with Jenna and the doggies are hanging out and this thought keeps coming up and you're like, okay, this is like taking up too much of my headspace. What do you do
1: to release it? I think you have to first become aware of it, that it's like a repeating pattern or repeating cycle. So first step Step is awareness. Second step, why am I calling this in? If it's always Mm. about me, why am I calling this in? Like, what is, what am I bringing this to my awareness to teach me? Mm. If you can get to the root of like the teaching, then you can say like, oh yeah, message received. Like, got it. We can be done with that.
0: I love that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And my guides are (laughs) saying, That I like to embody things because I like a visceral feel. Yeah. Um, and what I, as you're talking, what I see is like yours is much more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. It's just like, because I'm doing the same thing, it's just like what I see when you talk is you process it up here in the ether. I take it from the ether, embody it, it, process down. it, and then return it back up. So they're saying I don't have to do that either. I'll try that. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Yeah. I know you're always so freeing with your, with your languages. Um, and like, how do you know, like after you've kind of processed that, that it's done, like it doesn't show up anymore for you.
1: Yeah. Or like if, if a certain facet of it is not done, it'll show up in a different way to like Mm -hmm. give me a different perspective about the situation. Like done doesn't always mean done, but you won't have that like emotional response to it when you're done. (laughs) when you done done yeah welcome to spirituality <laughs>
0: um i i also kind of feel like that happens a lot with like people right so if like there's mm-hmm. a certain type of person um and you don't deal with it they'll just show up again and i think oh, yeah. my most classic example is that i was in marketing and i was working with this male graphic designer who i could not stand and i quit the job on um, big part because i didn't want to work with him mm-hmm. and i went to my next job and the male graphic designer was the exact same person, the exact same struggle.
1: And I was like, motherfucker. Okay, Jess, uh, let's pick this apart. Uh, why, didn't, why didn't you like working with them? Um, because they were
0: very specific and they thought that only their way was the right way. They did not want to um, collaborate. They did not want to compromise. They did not want to hear any part of what I had to say and what I had to bring to the overall experience was, which is art and copy, right? It's not just one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever you're doing like design work, you have to marry both disciplines. Um, And I just felt like they were so closed off to that. But what it helped me do the second time was stand up to that Mm -hmm. bullshit and be like, no, this is a collaborative process. And this is how I think it should work. And here's why. Um, And then as soon as I did that, the graphic designer quit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> as
0: soon as I stood up and had this like moment of peace about it no joke two weeks later he put in his notice
1: so it was like an invitation for you to really stand in your knowing
0: totally mm-hmm. and to not like so what I did the first time was I threw up my hoodie mm-hmm. and I blocked him out and I ignored it and I was just like fine I'm not going to play this game fine which was horrible energy to be in right I was such a brat
1: <laughs> it's okay <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's, it's really funny. Like I've learned that and it's like, you know, don't think that you can escape your lessons,
1: people. They will find you. They will. They will always make themselves known. Yeah. Cause you signed up for them. Yeah. You're calling them in.
0: (laughs) Okay. But when we say that it's a little harder to accept calling it an experience when it's like a miscarriage, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Like why would anybody choose that? Right. It's, uh, it's very painful. Yeah. (laughs) I like, nobody tells you that it Mm. sucked. It sucked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was your experience with miscarriage? Um, I think I've briefly touched on it. I think we talked about it a little bit before, but, um, so Jen and I decided to last, was it last summer? What year is it? Uh, it was last summer, (laughs)
0: last Summer, summer, 2020.
1: Yes, um, I never have said that I wanted children. I've never been like a kid person. I still don't. I'm still not like not really. But I think I'll probably like my own. But <laughs> I, Jenna and I live in the suburbs. You know, we went to the pool last summer because everybody was quarantined. So we booked our little pool slot and we went. And I was just watching this like little girl with her mom, and I was like, I think I want that. Like last year, you know, 2020, we everybody took a pause when the world stopped. Yeah. So like that pause was really like, what do you want? Like, what do you want your mm-hmm. life to look like? What are the things you value? How can you bring more of that into your life? Like those were the questions that I was asking myself, like all of these value stuff kept coming up. So I was like, Jenna, I think, you know, like I really value family. I love being cozy. <laughs> I'd like to invite more into our nest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we decided We talked to our friend, our friend donated like two, three weeks later, we tried, got pregnant. Wow. It was like, boom, boom. It was like decision-made, picked donor, got pregnant. And then five weeks later, miscarried. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty pissed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When we miscarried, Um, but I, you know, it all, it all turned out just fine. I just didn't, I didn't expect to miscarry because I, when I make a decision, it happens for me. So I was very upset that it wasn't happening because I had made that decision, but I think other things started to fall in line. We've since decided to go with, um, like an anonymous donor Mm -hmm. and different attributes, a different way that we're going to go about doing it. And I think some stuff had to open up, but for me, if I didn't know site K, I think it would have been a lot more difficult. That's how I met you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) After our miscarriage, I wanted to, you know, like ring that bell and be like, what the fuck? yeah (laughs) where'd you go what
0: did they say in our session because I don't remember our sessions
1: um it just wasn't it wasn't the right timing but it was like a confirmation that like yes you can have this like yes this is actually what you want um and that same soul is gonna return it's not like it was like a totally different soul that was gonna come through um, and that actually helped me a lot with the grief process. Cause like, I'm not really mm-hmm. losing anything except like a shit ton of blood. Nobody tells you about the headaches. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And just the, um, like if you have to do the DNC procedure and what that mm-hmm. is like, and just, you know, oh. the fact that like, oh, you could still have tissue in you and that could be really dangerous. I mean, yeah, there's a whole like scare, scary part afterwards that, um, a lot of people are alone in. And I think that's why like having a month dedicated to talking about it and, you know, normalizing it, right. The one in four, hopefully everybody like knows what that stands for now. Right. Mm-hmm. or One in eight, right. Um, one in eight is infertility. One in four is miscarriage. Right. So like, mm-hmm. if you look around your groups of friends, probably somebody's
1: miscarried. I heard you know? recently, if we're talking about infertility, one in three men is now infertile versus one in four women.
0: You know what? And that's a that's a really good point too, because um what they always say is like always test the sperm because you can burden
1: is placed on the woman and like it's not so much. It's not all women's fault. Like men also have fertility issues. Right. And that's kind of what like you know, the
0: spirit babies tell me about is like, you know, they want the whole reason that I do this work is to help release the guilt so that you can try again. Because Mm -hmm. my main mission is to help these babies come in healthy, healed, and whole. And part of that means working on you, the parents becoming healthy, heal and hold yourself, but also just explaining what the spirit babies tell me about miscarriage and what they kind of show me is there's three energies in bringing in a baby. There's the parents, there's source, and there's the spirit babies, right? So it's like whatever you and your partner or you and your donor desire, right? If you're having a baby on your own whatever the spirit baby wants and desires. And then there's just like source, which we just call like the great unknown, you Mm -hmm. know, like just life. Mm -hmm. And all three of those have to be in alignment for a baby to come in. Um, which is why I tell this to people because they're, they're like, I'm trying and I did it. And whenever I do something, it works. And now this doesn't happen. And it's like, it's not your fault. Like as long as you're doing your part, let your baby do their part. Let source do their part, and trust that this is a collaboration and not a one person or just a couple type of project, right? And like mm-hmm. that's what happens sometimes when we turn it into like a, a project, and you're like co-creating with the divine. So. Yeah, it's a creation. It is, <laughs> and just as so babies, they have they have miscarriage, and when they tell me like you know they, we have that as an option, they can choose to kind of like I guess what they want to say is like start that process. Um, and maybe your body actually does it, you know, as well, but like, because they wanted to be a girl and the body was a boy, they wanted to be a certain sign. They wanted to let you know that this is the right partner, but not the right time, or this Mm -hmm. is the wrong partner. And usually that what happens is how, what they kind of say is like, look at the energy after the miscarriage did your partner become closer? You know, did you have some big realizations? You know, how, how did your community show up for you in this moment of grief? Right. There's so much teaching and learning in that miscarriage. And that's so many times the babies call it a gift. And sometimes it's hard to channel that for people, um, because it doesn't feel like a gift or doesn't seem like a gift, but that is their kind of like contractual, um, out, Mm -hmm. right. If it's not happening how they want to happen, we have abortion. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have also that ability. If it's not the right time for us, not the right partner for us. Um, if things aren't going correctly, we have to terminate for medical reasons, like, you know, to protect, tr- protect our own safety, our own body. So we each have the ability to essentially like cancel or release the pregnancy. Um, and so they want us to know that like, although a lot of us, you know, who are trying to conceive, don't really, you know, consider the abortion side of it. It is part of the overall equation. And that's really what they want me to let everybody know. is like, it's this equation and you're just a part of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you can't like make the other parts do their part,
1: <laughs> control freak friends. <laughs> you can't. No, you only have control of your own part. Yes. And you told me I had, um, uh, like a crisis with a uh, muscle testing last, last winter. <laughs> which was super interesting. I like kept muscle testing that I was pregnant, but I actually wasn't yeah. pregnant. And then I talked to you about it. Um, cause I was pissed. <laughs> um, come to find out like pregnancy also happens on the different layers of like your energy body. Yeah. So you could be mentally pregnant. You could be energetically pregnant, spiritually pregnant, but like physically not there yet.
0: Yeah. I've actually responded to quite a few clients that have said like, Hey, you know, when we talked to my baby in April, you said that we were going to be pregnant. And I was like, well, here's the thing. The babies are like, Hey, I'm a go for the next couple of months. So they're putting their thumbs up, but they also need to have your thumbs up and sources thumbs up. Right. Mm So just because the babies say like, I want to come in June, doesn't mean they're going to come in June. Because you and your partner might have things that change the energies source might have things. And when I say source, it just might be like other family members or other energy lines or other people that are connected to you that can affect you in in certain ways. You're going to school, you're moving, you're changing jobs, all these kinds of other things. The babies might be like, oh, let's wait until things get resettled. And then I can see, you know, where I'm going to move in. Right. Not everybody, but like when there's delays and timing, it's usually because there's changes in your life, and the spirit baby is like, let me see how this fits into my entry. Because what they've told me is we not only pick our entry date, but our exit date.
1: Mm, yeah. So it's very, do.
0: it's very, it's very big on them getting that specific timing. A lot of times when I talk to babies, they'll show me these like epic charts. You guys, I don't even know half the information of what I'm looking at. It's in like other languages, the best way I want to describe it. And it's all these charts and all these dials and all these things. And as things happen, like it's like a clock, they're constantly moving. And so that's what I like to say is like the time and energy and things can shift and change a lot, depending on what's going on in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. So to just, again, you know, to release the time.
1: It's so hard though. I know that's a, that's definitely an opportunity for people is to release their attachment to like timing and outcomes. Like you just got to choose that that's what you want and keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, what
0: about like support for miscarriages? Like how does Psych case support it? Because, you know, when I talk to you, you have this like sense of peace and calm. Um, well, I guess you probably don't even know the triggers or subconscious stuff that's happening to us, right? When we deal with a miscarriage.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's, I mean, it's traumatic, like trauma, Mm, anything traumatic is sticky to your subconscious. So like Mm. it sticks there. And then since your subconscious only lives in the present moment, like triggers of the event can send you right back into that emotional place. If like, you're not properly processing and integrating your trauma and like healing and really moving past it. It's like, that's what I love psych K for. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I talked to you like two weeks, a week after I miscarried and you were like, well, where's your trauma? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I was Where like, is who it? is this witch? And I need to get to know her. Well, because I had been working with so many women who were trying to like muscle through that, you know, like in the present moment, um, while trying to get pregnant again and then muscle through that as they held their next pregnancy, you know, like after their loss. And I just kept saying to my guides, I was like, there's, oh, maybe you're like gonna answer my prayers. I was like, there's gotta be a better way. Yeah. I was like, there's got to be a better way to help them like move through this so that they can try again with, and because what the babies require is like hope and love and positivity and high vibrations. And it's really hard to like cultivate that when you're stuck in the subconscious and the trauma and the grief. I mean, you know, there's always like a, they say like a a natural process of that, but then when you're ready to try again, you don't want to like keep holding that stuff with you and bringing it into the next conception journey.
1: Yeah, it could definitely self sabotage. Um, like those fears and that trauma can, you know, it can just make it so much harder if it's not checked.
0: Yeah. And I just have like a lot of empathy for those who are experiencing that. And I just want you to know that there is relief from that, right? That you don't have to constantly be afraid as you try again or constantly be in worry yeah. and fear while you're pregnant with your baby, like wondering when they're going to, if there's something's going to happen, you know, you have those the trauma of the you know the 10 week scan and the 20 week scan and you know this is the scan that you found this out and that kind of stuff so you know you'll still probably have that sense of like okay oh well, here we go it's going to be an intensity but i feel like you can like hear the information and process it and find that equanimity easier if you like use psyche like or other processes to like
1: clear that i guess yeah and like let it go release it right yeah yeah. I mean, it always, it always happens for a reason. So also like finding out, I think it's helpful to get clarity around like, why did I miscarry, If you can, if that's available to you, if you want to like speak to someone like Jess or like me, and it can provide some clarity about like the lessons, why you attracted that experience, what the contract is there with that soul. That's also super helpful just to have that kind of spiritual insight, I think.
0: And I think, um, can you, first, can you hear the horn blowers? I can hear the
1: horn blowers.
0: You can't, I thought they were gone. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to, we're going to work through them. They're so um, weird. they're so loud, you guys, I don't know what to do. Um, but the, the thing with like the miscarriages and working with somebody or talking to somebody or getting that information is like, it's just helpful. And like giving you that perspective. I can't even think. I have no idea what I'm saying. Wow, so I've lost my my whole thing. They're like right out outside of my window. I'm gonna mute myself and let Natalie do a little
1: little diatribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I feel like hornblowers aside, there isn't really enough support for people going through experiencing miscarriage, but you're a part of a couple really cool groups that talk about it, right? I am, yeah. <laughs> What's because you're? What do you have like its all oh momoco? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so oh mamaco we um we were doing this monthly. Um, the owner of it has gone on maternity leave, so mm-hmm. yay to Meredith for having her little baby soon. But we would meet monthly um, in a trying to conceive circle and just talk about that kind of stuff, right? And be supportive of that. Um, I might host them on my own actually, Ooh. and I'm I'm hosting this will be passed, but maybe just if you hear this and want it, email me, um, on the 15th, on the remembrance day, I'm going to do a live channeling, um, for everybody, for a group and answer individual questions, but also the collective questions. Um, but I remember what I was going to say before the horn hornblower, hornblowers took me off. Um, people that I, on, on social media, they hate when we say everything happens for a reason when it comes oh. to miscarriage. Um, so if that's you, that's really hard to hear that. Like come talk to us <laughs> because like, like we guarantee you, there are reasons. The, the reason why I do my work is because I was like, there's gotta be a reason for this. You know, God isn't out here like just taking babies away for fun. Right. This is like, that would be a horrible existence.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's not smiting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and I think like the old sort of like punishment God that kind of creeps in, in some ways, cause it's so related to source and God energy. Um, but yeah, it, there are reasons behind things. Um, some complex, some very simple. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So come talk to us. If you need some help, if you need some support through your past, like dramatic miscarriages or birth experiences, we are here. (laughs) Yes. Um, okay. (laughs) Um,
0: like, I'm like, as I'm laughing, I'm like, what's your experience with death? Um, let's talk about death and like the question that we all want to ask is like what happens when you die Mm what
1: do you think happens well okay my whole spiritual journey started with reading that book journey of souls like I just oh I binged it I read it in one day in one afternoon because I was like so fascinated and it just it just I hate the word resonated. I really don't like it. I feel like it's used way too much, but like it really resonated with me. Like when you read something, you're like, like this is true. Like I have never felt so aligned with something. Oh, like that's the second
0: worst one is aligned.
1: I like aligned better. (laughs) But he, in the, like he does case studies, right? He's like a, a life between life and afterlife and past life um regression hypnotherapist and the book is comprised of all of his case studies of all of his clients and just like basically transcripts of their experiences and turns out they all had shared experiences in their lives between lives he found like all of these common themes and, and like of these people that don't know each other they've never met they're from all around the country all around the world and they all said the same thing when he would like take them to their life between life in hypnotherapy so I was just so fascinated that they all kind of had this soul remembering of like their soul groups, their soul families. They remembered their like life reviews. I think in one, maybe it's in his second book, which I don't know the name of that one, but he's talking about like picking your life. Like you're presented with like four avatars, right? And you essentially go into this like movie theater and you watch like clips that are like contracted for that life to go through. And then like your soul picks it. You just pick, like, I chose Natalie, you chose Jess. (laughs) (laughs) I chose to have a miscarriage last October. That was like a checkpoint on my journey in my contract. Like, I just think it's so fascinating that like, it's a never ending experience.
0: Yeah. Um, I, the stuff that, when I usually like talk to your like most recent ancestors, so like your uncles, your grandmother, your parents, like the people that you have like experienced this this life with. And when I talk to them on the other side, um, I've seen a couple of things. The first thing I've seen is like, if somebody has had like a really heavy trauma, an accident or has like um, an addiction, Mm. right? In their system, what spirit has showed me is they're like laid on this bed of what I look, looks like to me is like crystals. Right. And it's kind of glowy and pulsing and you're on this and you just kind of get like, what I like to say is like cleansed, right. Just anything that, you know, from the accident or from, you know, if you died traumatically or or if you had a disease or if you had something in that, that that caused your passing to kind of like make sure that that is like out of your system is the best way for me to describe it. Mm -hmm. Um, even though it's still going to leave the impression of like having a major thing, because you want to take that into your next life. So you like, can either prevent or relearn, or you know do it a different way um they kind of take off the like harshness of like you know dying in a car accident something like that so that's always been cool like this cleansing process for the the like tragically past souls is what they want to call it and then some people who have like recently passed right so like how long ago is this maybe like within like the year is what i want to say six months to a year um, they've shown me like in a classroom Mm-hmm. Like with the with other people that have died on that day, and you're kind of all like, what my guys were saying It's like, yeah, you know, it's like freshman class. <laughs> guys are hilarious today, <laughs> and you're like, hey, did you die today too? I did too. Cool. As of twenty twenty one. Let's go. <laughs> um, oh, and they want me to tell you one more other thing. They're very chatty today, um, and so they'll they'll sit there and they'll exactly do a life review. You know, like, and I can talk to them about situations and they can say to my clients, like, oh my gosh, I'm really sorry about that. Or yeah, I was really a jerk or yeah, I was so unkind or, oh, I was so stuck in my own trauma. So they can have profound realizations and you can, I think get profound healing through mediumship work because you're talking to the best version of themselves and they can apologize to you and they can admit their faults and they, that can give healing because they might not have been able to do that. In their earth life, and they will often admit that, They're like, oh, I couldn't apologize, and when mm-hmm. I was a human, but now, of course, I want to. Um, the other thing with babies specifically and miscarriages that I've learned recently, and I just keep learning every time I channel and I ask the right questions. This has helped me, especially for those with, who have had a stillbirth, mm-hmm. which I kind of find like a certain level of extra heartbreakedness because. They're so close, Mm. so, so very close to being on earth. And what I have learned is that if they pass in utero or like pretty much, yeah. Let me see, they're gonna give me an explanation. Okay, so if they pass in utero, if they kind of die in the birth process or very shortly afterwards, like if they live for even like hours, days, weeks after, it's a different story. But if they pass, you know, within the birth process or before they're birthed, sometimes a soul will choose that because it's much easier to return. They don't have to go to life school. They haven't fully come in and done the earth work. Yeah. So like they can kind of just like this is like they just kind of go, whoop, they can just take an elevator right back up to to the top of the ride. And you know, kind of like, okay, you know, here we go again. You know, it's like double dutch. I'm going to jump in now. Okay, go right. But if they commit, come through, take the breath of life is what they're showing me. Um, then they'll do their earthwork. And sometimes people have really short lives minutes, hours, weeks, days. Um, but you know, those people that have had a baby live for like 22 days that's all they have to hold on to. And there's so much teaching and lessons just in those 22 days mm-hmm. of that baby's life, but sometimes they will return, um, because it's easier for them is what they want to tell me it's easier for them to return and into a full body. So if they, like, if you like miscarry it, like, you know, 22 weeks or 16 weeks, and you're like, what's happening, they could foresee that something wasn't going to go right. And they, rather than even being born with like a heart defect to that level, like they might've been progressing fine with no complications and then miscarried. They tell me that they, they know of other things that might be coming, or that they would like, um, they would live, but they would die at like four years old. And they said like, we don't want to do that. We want to live a full long life. And so even though we know our parents would want us regardless, they don't want to just live till four years old with childhood cancer and then pass away while others
1: choose to live with childhood cancer to teach us so much. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's a part of their contract that they want to come in and experience. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And they may have been, um, taking care of medically um, challenging children themselves in lives. They may have been in other experiences and then wanted to experience that themselves. I mean, I've met a baby that miscarried so many times. And I said, why have you miscarried so many times? And they said, I want to experience different ways of dying. Oh my God. I know. Because to us, it's so scary. Yeah. But to them, as they're planning their lives out, they're planning their exit date as well as their entry date. They can experience that return, that source and that coming back. It's not scary for them. It's scary for us. Cause we think we're going to lose everything, but for them. Right. And when I say that, like, you know, wanting to experience different ways of dying, not like I want to be stabbed or I want to be this, <laughs> you know, it's less about the way that they die and the more like what happens after they die. Like mm. they kind of like did some things and realized, oh, okay, I can like get a life review and then come back in and do it differently. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting.
0: Isn't that interesting? That's
1: really. I mean, I was
0: pretty shocked when they told me that. I was like, whoa. Okay. They were a Scorpio baby too. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. that explains quite a bit. It does because <laughs> Scorpions are like obsessed Scorpions, Scorpios, Scorpions, <laughs> are scorpions. Scorpios are obsessed with um, the death and dying and darkness and shadow. And we love our Scorpio friends for that very reason. Um, if you need to go through the darkness, find a Scorpio to go there with you oh yeah they're like here
1: for it they're like very on brand for them
0: it is they're also like highly sexual
1: they are birth death yeah they
0: got all the powers in there
1: two of my longest term relationships were with scorpios and that was intense Mm. very intense i don't know that i've ever dated a scorpio no
0: (laughs) you say that
1: like you must well, date I'm all surprised. the signs. I'm surprised that I have dated. Like, why am I attracted to Scorpios? I think it's probably just their intensity. Again, I like crazy people. <laughs> as we said, as I stated in last week's episode, I am highly attracted to people who are just so themselves. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. Me too. I'm married to one, so <laughs> he's very himself all the time. Um, oh, Siri just popped up when I said that. What it's serious. Mercury retrograde. She just kind of said, she kind of just said something, something all the time.
1: Oh my god! Yeah. I have a story. Okay. Tell me. Okay. So at the time of this recording, um, it's the Monday before this is going to come out. So this week it's either tomorrow or the next day is the anniversary of my older brother's death.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he passed away from a fentanyl overdose, um, unintentionally. Um, like a week after I moved to Colorado, like, so I had it like, it was the day I was supposed to start my new job. So I like had to call into work, like, wow. oh shit, I have to go back down to Texas for a week to be with my family and all of that. Wow. Um, it was a lot to handle all at once, And then a new relationship, I was just like really starting to date Jenna. So she was there to support me through all of that. Love her. Um, mm-hmm. but that was super traumatic, obviously for my parents and my, my family and, um, like a few months or weeks after he passed, he was super techie. He was a web designer. He like didn't go to college and was making over a hundred K a year doing like web design stuff. He's a fucking prodigy. Right. And my phone, like I had gotten a new iPhone after he passed. So like I had to get all new numbers, everything. I switched providers. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, my phone thinks that my name is his name. What? Like I was talking one day to like Jenna in my apartment and like Siri popped up and I was like, I'm sorry, Mark. I didn't catch that. And And I was like, like, Jenna, look at this shit. Like I have a screenshot from it. I was like, look at this shit. And then I asked Siri, I was like, Siri, what's my name? And she was like, here is your contact information. It was my dead brother's contact information. He's
0: like, laughing hysterically. He's a dick.
1: He thinks it's
0: so funny. He's like, I bet she doesn't know how to change it. I don't know how. I to- know. He's telling me this. He's like, he's like this. He's like, like what does it call? Like doubled over in laughter. Um, he kind of says his last hurrah with you.
1: Yes. I like, I knew it was him. I knew it was true. That's why I asked Siri, like, what's my name? And he, Siri sent me his contact info.
0: When I, when I asked Siri what my name is, she says, it's Brittany, bitch. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't know how to change that either. <laughs> I don't
1: um, know how to change that. But when,
0: when you're in session, like, sometimes my phone will light up, sometimes yeah. like this kind of stuff. And like, I just always put that up to like, it's spirit, it's spirit. the energy, the fact that like, he was like, when are you guys going to talk about me? I knew <laughs> Let it. me just flash on Jessica's I know. Siri. So, so talk to us about like losing a brother, a family member. Um, like what was that experience like for you with death and grief? And
1: I feel like for me, so like I worked in the ICU Mm. at the time, you know, like I was around death all of the time. So that the death part of it wasn't so shocking to me. It was just like, he had had it coming for so many years, the choices that he was making, they towed the line of death, you know, and like, we all knew that it was going to come one day that we were going to get that phone call because he was still not deciding to, to do it better for himself. Um, and like when I've talked to him before, it was, it was an optional exit point. I think people set those up, you know, in their lives, sometimes in their contracts. And that's like, just the exit point that happened for him that he chose ultimately, but it was an option. To, yes. You choose options for exit dates. So yeah. if you have near-death experiences and you survive, it's an optional exit date. <laughs> yeah.
0: Apparently I had one when I was like three years old and my mom said that I was in one of those like little, um, those little ki- the things that, you know, where you have like a, you're on wheels, you, you're like sitting in it, but you can like roll around the house, you know, and you have like a like little- wheel. No, no, no. Like, a, um, it's a seat. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And they probably That's don't have wheels on them now for yeah. this reason, a bouncer. Exactly. Yeah. Now they just like stay in place and bounce. But before in the old days in the seventies and eighties, they used I to have know. wheels on them mm-hmm. and you'd have toys and stuff. And I just wheeled myself right out the back door and down these steps and like cracked my head. Right. Oh my God. And my mom was just like, Holy cow. And so when I got th- one of my first ever, like, um, you know, like life path, astrology, you know, numerology name kind of readings. Um, this woman, Faith had, had mentioned that she's like at three years old. And so I asked my mom, I was like, she goes, Oh, you haven't, you had an exit point here and you decided to stay. And I was like, what? And so I asked my mom, I'm like, so like what happened around three? Like, did anything like dangerous or scary happen? She's like, Oh yes. And she told me that story. And I was Tried like,
1: i off yourself off the spot.
0: cool." I'm <laughs> like, I was probably like, what the fuck are these people <laughs> I guess I hung around though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you've had near death experiences, I've intuitive, I guess nobody's ever told me that before, but they just, yeah, you have optional exit points. So he chose his. Yeah. And he's making me feel sick. And I told him, I don't want to feel that. So if you ever like start channeling people mm. um, <clears throat> that are like about talking about their death and they start, you start to feel, if you're really empathic, you're a feeler, you can tell them that you don't want to feel it. Please. Thank you. Um, He's doing this right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Started to feel sick. Uh, Cause it was like an accidental ingestion. Like he, yeah. and then he like puked and aspirated and died. Um, but we were not super close as adults because he was in this downward spiral. And I mm. was super judgy at that point in my life being, I mean, if you've ever met an IC nurse, they're judgy as fuck. So <laughs> 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 They're so judgy. Um, we love that version of her. She's no longer with us. So.
0: So, Rest in peace,
1: R.I.P. She was judgy. Um, yeah, losing him really didn't hit me till like a while later, and actually, like it coincided with moving to Colorado. So when I learned all about psyché and like root causes and physical manifestations of things you haven't dealt with, like trauma, um, I started getting seasonal allergies, and I got really sick uh, after like I learned psyché. So a couple years after he passed. And so I started going through like the psychic process for finding the root cause. And like, it was all of this shit about grief it was like, I was having all of these allergy symptoms, like exacerbated and never had seasonal allergies in my life. Whoa. And it was just all of this unprocessed grief that was manifesting because I had moved to Colorado at the same time. And like, I guess people get allergies in Colorado.
0: Oh, okay. Why? Because <laughs> there's like lots of pollen and shit. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But like, uh, um, when we talk about physical manifestations of things that are undealt with, like we said, I think in a couple episodes back, like go back to that time in your life and what was going on when you started having these symptoms, because that's typically the the catalyst for all of this. So once I started unwinding that, like my allergies have calmed the fog down. I do not have seasonal allergies like I experienced that year because it was just, it was like my grief manifesting so that I could finally like take the time and pay attention to it.
0: That's so interesting because I, um, I'm paying attention to my grief journey, right? Like my father passed away in, at the end of August and I'm such a weirdo, but I was like, okay, let's do this, you Mm -hmm. know? And I probably like you with, you know, your miscarriage was, was feeling while sad, okay. And could process it and ready to move on. And I'm the same way. Like because I've talked to him, because I've seen him, because I had this ability, I don't feel like I'll never see him again. I don't feel like all that is completely lost. I mean, do I like want to hug him still and feel that feeling of a hug for sure. Right. Right. And I think that's what it's like, you know, we miss the physical and it's okay to grieve the physical, but you're, they're still always with us in spiritual form. And I think, Seeing my dad when I went down over Father's Day and seeing how he was just a shell of himself and that his body was not holding up, I think I really grieved really big then. Um, but then afterwards, you know, I had to like manage his estate and you know take care of his partner and do some other things, and so I kind of went into this like you know TCB like take care of business mode. And I could like notice people and friends being like, "Are you okay?" and da, 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 "And this kind of stuff." And I went and saw my acupuncturist, and I was like here's the thing. I'm kind of okay with this grief. Like, yes. Every time I see like a daddy daughter thing on TV, I'm like bawling. Right? right. And I allow that, but I was like, I, I feel like society wants me to be like, Oh, I'm oh, like a hot fucking mess. And I'm just not. And so my acupuncturist, when she was doing, I went to her for like grief. I'm like, I go. Is there something blocked? Am I not allowing myself to like feel this grief? Like you know, like I'm all you know here. If I, it's me preventing the actual like real wow. grief, right? Real, real grief. grief. Yeah. All <laughs> that like, fake stuff comes with like a, a, a hearty meat and potatoes. I'm yeah. gonna give me some of that real grief. And she was like, Jessica, your grief is like rainbows and unicorns and sparkles. And she's like, this is what your grief experience is. And so. It kind of gave that permission and that confirmation that like it's unique to each of us,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I was like right on this high of like yeah woohoo my grief's gonna be like this, and then like no joke like you know like the next day I had like a full on grief panic attack <laughs> like full on, you know for me it's um like somebody was like you know well somebody like my husband we were like what's for dinner, and I like couldn't take that question. And I started getting spinny and I started getting this and I was like, why am I freaking out about this? What is, what's going on about this? You know, and food, it's related to my dad. My dad would never have, he would always know what to make and this and that. And it just, I was pacing around my house covering my face and I was like, okay, so it's rainbows and unicorns and sparkles and this too, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, <laughs> it's like 75% rainbows and like 25% like anxiety, grief, scariness. So it was nice to just experience that as well. And just be like, Oh, nice. I should say it was fucking scary in the moment, but it was nice to know that like, okay, like I do have, I am processing some of the harder, scarier stuff. Um, I also get like really angry at like stupid things like what's for dinner or like when I was driving home and I ordered a burrito from taco time and it was cold. Mm. You guys should see that burrito. I murdered it. I (laughs) Full Karen. <laughs> I just, I motherfucked it. I was so I squished it. So not only didn't I have any food, <laughs> I had a squished burrito. Um, but I also can like laugh at that a little bit because um I don't know, it was just kind of funny when I think about it. In the moment, again, it wasn't. <laughs> but now right now You're I, out I can...
1: of the emotional spin of it. You can appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, i like, it was. look at me and that burrito, you know. <laughs>
0: um, but that's been that's been surprising to me, is um lots of anger, lots of anger coming up and not at my dad, but just the sort of like, I guess the thing is like when, you know, when a loved one has died, like you just want to grieve and you have to do all this fucking stuff, whether it's like a funeral or, you know, you have to wait for things. You have to close accounts. They lock things. I mean, just like, I have to find an attorney and it's just like, and so I got to this point where I was like, okay, I can like drag my feet and be begrudging on this journey. Or I can just be like, okay. And cause I felt like it was just going to be like, and done. And I'm realizing that this process after somebody dies is a long process because, you know, they lived a whole life on earth and there's a lot of untangling to do.
1: Yeah. I think there's not enough, like there's so much stigma around death and dying that there's not enough support to like getting to that place, like yeah. having those things set up so that it's not an arduous process after you pass for whoever, you know, follows you, whoever's going to be tying up all those loose ends. Like, I definitely don't think that there's enough support in that, like a pre-death doula. Oh, I love that because I
0: just want someone to be like, here's what you need to do. Right. Because it's so hard to think and it's so hard to like, you know, figure things out. So. I'm a huge um, advocate
1: for like yeah. getting your shit together. Like in your twenties, think about it. And even Mm -hmm. if you're a teenager, like think about it, be like, okay, here's what I have. Here's what I want done with me. This is what I want. Like getting, we have in Colorado, like the five rights. Um, (laughs) also knowing like the, the laws in your state is super helpful because, um, like Texas, for example, is a next of kin state. So if anything happens to you, it defaults to your next of kin to figure out what to do with all of your stuff and make your medical decisions. But Colorado Mm -hmm anybody can stand up and make decisions for you. If you're in capacity, <laughs> anybody, not anybody, anybody you decide, you know, like, your begrudged neighbor, like anybody can step how up. How do they get that vision. power? It's, it's like, it becomes a committee. If a uh, multiple people stand up and want to make decisions for you. It's just like, there's no clear, like direct, this is the person that I want. So like getting your stuff in order so that your family or whomever does not have to do that yes. is very, 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 very helpful. Very helpful. And yeah.
0: My dad was like super organized. I mean, there was a like, when I died, call yes. this, do this. Right. And I was like, so appreciative of that. And there's even, even with that level of organization, there's just, what I would say is like it's the, the complexity of the other organizations, right? Like banks and this and that and all the oh security. I think I'm trying to like steal a bunch of stuff, and I'm right. just like, okay, I'll validate you ten thousand ways. Um, but the other thing that I learned, which I thought was interesting, was that I just heard this recently that those like the stages of grief, right? Like bargaining, mm-hmm. denial, denial, whatever. All those. Yeah. Um, somebody said that those were actually what a person who is dying goes through. Mm. not the people who are really like grieving a loss of a person, which is kind of why the recent study has said, like, that doesn't always make sense. And sometimes you skip around on those things and da 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 cause they tried to take that original model and apply it to those who are breathing, which also helped me realize, like, I I'm not bargaining. <laughs> I don't want him back in that body, in that form. Of course I want him back in a healthier form, but also do I? hmm you know, like that's not mine to say, yeah, right? that's not mine to, I mean, I can want it, but it's not really like a, I can't really like demand it or, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: request it in that sense, you know? Um, and so that kind of helped me also just be like, my grief is my grief, whatever it's going to look like, how does it look like today? And I just always, whenever she knocks on the door, most times, like nine out of 10 times I let her in. And if I'm really busy with something, I just say, please come back. And you know, she does. Cause she's good like that. <laughs> I always, I, I always personify all my emotions. It just helps me. And they're usually all like ladies of some sort. Well, yes. You know, cause they're versions of me. Right. Okay. Right. Right. they just like, what's up. Um, but I agree. That's probably like, this is like a little PSA, like talk to your loved ones, your spouse, your partner, your husband, your wife, your, um, your parents, you know, if like, oh, if you're yes. like in the oldest or an only child, like I am, you know, it's. It's good to like, make sure they have a plan because literally you can't ask them.
1: (laughs) It's just going to make it so much easier for you, even
0: in mediumship stuff. Like they don't care as much about that stuff. They're like, no. I love you. And I'm like, okay, but like, what do I do with the thing? They're like, I love you. Like,
1: <laughs> Okay, great. but like how to get rid of your car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Like, <laughs> what do I do with this? Like, whatever you want. I'm like, great. Um, they might have some specific things, but for the most part, you know, ask them while they're here on earth
1: if you can. Yes, I think that's definitely, that's, let's make that an action step because Scorpio season, like normalized talking about death. Talk yeah. to your loved ones. Be like, you know what? It's Halloween. Then look at all these dead people. By the way, what do you want to do? When <laughs> you, when you do, Like work it into your conversation. Oh my God. I
0: like so want somebody to do that to me. Oh my God. Look at that skeleton. Speaking <laughs> like, of skeletons, <laughs> when you're a skeleton. <laughs> Talk me through that. <laughs> when you're a Bojangles. <laughs> what am I supposed
1: to do? <laughs> hey. <laughs>
0: I mean, we're full of tips and advice, aren't we?
1: Yes. Talk about death this month with your families. Talk about it. Get your death plan together. What do Mm -hmm. you want to happen? Do you want to be cremated? Yada, yada, yada. Turn into a tree so people can eat your fruit.
0: (laughs) He's like (laughs) dad. Oh my God. We're so morbid. Um, But if you can't laugh at death, you'll. You just can't. I don't what,
1: know. Can, yeah. What can, what, what, can you, what can you laugh
0: <laughs> at? <laughs> but I think that's good. I think also, like you said, like finding grief groups, either specific to your type of loss or type of death, um, is helpful just not feeling alone and getting to yeah. hear just similar stories and supporting others. So I think that's so beautiful. And there's a lot of cool, like, death things creeping up that I didn't even know about.
1: Yeah. There are like a lot green of burial.
0: Them. I didn't know that you, that was possible.
1: I know love it well when in the hospital when um they have premature infant deaths in one hospital i worked at anyway they put the fetuses the little baby aliens they put them in these boxes with flower seeds in them and that way their families can plant them
0: oh that's beautiful
1: it is really beautiful i love that they do that i would like to also be put into a box with seeds Mm-mm-mm, tastes like Natalie. Maybe um, no fruit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just flowers. Maybe just flowers. Yeah, yeah. pick a pick a bouquet. Yeah. Um. I love that. I think also just kind of, you know, really asking them those detailed questions about what we want to do because, like, for example,
1: I have my dad's ashes. Holy shit, it's a lot. That's what my parents say. They have my brother's ashes, and they're like, it is a constant reminder. On the mantle. We don't know what to do. Mine's on my altar. Um, I'm going
0: to put a little bit of him at Disneyland, mm-hmm. to which he told me, Isn't that illegal? And I said, I don't care. And don't worry he laughed. About that. You
1: don't worry about
0: that. Um, he, there's a place that he loves in Italy that I'd like to go and drop off a little bit there. But I mean, you know, what am I going to do? Like take cups of you, dad? No. Like I'm going to sprinkle a little teeny vial. And there's like so much in there. Here's the thing his partner also passed away. And I also have his previous partner's ashes. What do I do with those? So for sure, I'm going to contact him on the other side. And I asked him that before he passed. And he was just like, whatever you want. Not helpful. Not helpful. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like it's, it's, it's odd. And so just, I would say like, just be prepared in that aftermath of, especially like losing somebody that there's just a lot of weird stuff.
1: It's weird. You
0: never thought you'd have to like, Access in this lifetime until you do.
1: Yeah. Normalize messy grief. Hmm. Cheers. Normalize messy grief five years from now, four years from now, when a trigger comes up and takes you back to that place, there's something for you to deal with. Like just normalize it being just a part of your life. Amen to that, friend. Amen to that. (laughs) Any final thoughts on death, grief, anything in between miscarriages, skeletons? (laughs)
0: did you want to see my, again, my skeleton?
1: Um, I would say
0: that this is the most, is one of the other coolest things that I've been channeling lately. Um, if you kind of have like a second wind later in life, kind of in your crone years, let's say like 60 and beyond, please know that you might be setting yourself up for your next life. Mm. And so as you go and as you pass, you know, don't be worried that you might have this like thing in your seventies that you want to try, you would just finally want to do painting or finally want to do that one thing, because you might be setting your soul up for hints in your next life. And I, I really believe from everything in the work that I've seen and done that we are neither created nor destroyed. We just keep reincarnating on this
1: endless circle. (laughs) I don't think it's ever going to stop. It doesn't stop. Well, I mean, I guess it stops if you like choose for it to stop, but I also heard there's a waiting list to get to earth. Ooh! It's such like a transformational planet right now. That is so
0: cute. I also have um, a next
1: <laughs> up to the front of the line.
0: I'm on the list, number forty four. <laughs> like you're at a club and you're wearing like a cute outfit. You're like, please let me into Earth. I'm thinking of like the deli
1: counter, <laughs> like pulling a ticket.
0: Perspectives. Not
1: a cute club. A uh, supermarket.
0: <laughs> a jelly counter. I'll have some bologna and an Earth Life, please. Now taking ticket four. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but wait. Tell me about this waiting list.
1: I well, I don't know much about it. I just heard that there was somewhere. Oh, wait, okay. how did you hear this? I don't know. I think it was on Instagram. People say some weird stuff on Instagram. She's at the, at the water cooler with her guides be like, they're
0: gossiping. Like, so did you hear
1: you're an elite member of earth?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true though, because I think, especially when the babies say like, Oh, you know, if we come in and do earth, it's just like, it's a whole big cycle to get back. So, you know, it's a big deal. And like to, your, to her point, you know, they may choose to miscarry or return to like, you know, what my guys are saying is like, you might choose to like leave the line of the club, go home get a jacket because it's cold out, and come back into line. And maybe you're still, you know, fifth in line instead of first, but you haven't like got into the club and then had to go all the way back around. Correct. Correct. That makes any sense? It makes sense.
1: <laughs> I also have a theory about infertility. Oh, tell me. It, it like came to me while you were um while you were talking about it. Yeah. I think that there's so many, obviously the fertility issues that we're experiencing on earth are very multifaceted. It's mm-hmm. you know like toxin buildup and you know, trauma, undealt with generational stuff that we've not dealt with. But um I think that it is just an invitation to more consciously conceive. It's like the caliber of the souls that are coming in, like you're raising your frequency, but then like that makes way for even higher frequency souls to come in. So I really think that it's not like all doom and gloom. I really just think it's a more selective conscious process now.
0: Yes. And especially when you have this like unexplained fertility, that's the first area that I would look you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and even with the explained fertility, right. The medical issues, this, that, the other, um, it is that opportunity to overcome that and to build your family regardless. Um, I think my final note I want to say is like, especially for those that are wanting to bring in families and miscarriages and stuff, like just be really open to how your babies come in, right? Like be open to creative conception and assisted fertility and be open to those other forms. Like a lot of people don't want to do that or don't want to do like donation donor eggs and stuff because they're like, Oh, it's not like our DNA or whatever. Right. And like the babies have been like, <laughs> you know, like in the, in the, um, Instagrams, we do not care. Right. <laughs> we, like, do not care. we do not care. They <laughs> don't care. Um, like some of them have specifics is what I want to say. Like they'll, you know, so some like say, well, okay, can you get an egg from this person or this kind of person, or I want this for these reasons, but really they just embody the meat suit. Mm -hmm. Right. And their soul, their spirit, everything that you've been talking to is really what brings that to life. And this is really just a, a puppet, you know, this is really just a, a place for our soul to like move around and exist. And so if we can get, you know, healthier DNA, you know, that kind of stuff from another egg or a donor, or, or if we can adopt a child, right. Who has completely different DNA than us. um, What they've told me is, well, this is really what parenting and family is about, right? It's Mm -hmm. not about family is who you choose, your children are yours because you choose them to be yours. And I just love that message that they gave me. And I was like, boom. That's so So, nice. I know. Right. Like it, and that, that allows us then to like really like open up that mothering or that nurturing that's in all of us. Right. And care for all the children on the earth.
1: Yeah. It takes out the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Throw that rule back out the window and plan your death. Mm, That's your homework for this week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week. Yes. Oh my gosh. Wait, next week we're gonna talk about the most fun stuff because this one is gonna come out the week of Halloween. Ooh, oh my God, is it almost already Halloween? Yes. Are you gonna dress up? No, we turn our light off.
0: <laughs> we, I'm, not, I'm not automatic person. <laughs> you turn your light up. Like, not even a bowl of candy out for people. Like you're like, do not come by.
1: No, my dog. I mean, it's really, my dogs are nightmares. I say that, but also I, see. I don't like to get up every five minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love trick-or-treating. I love to see what kids come up with. I love their creative costumes. I don't get a lot of trick-or-treaters, but I usually go to like, um, a friend's house, like in a mm-hmm. you know, big neighborhood and like, totally I dress up. That's cute. I have like a wig in every color.
1: I, I don't know why I going to be this year though. So I'll let you know next week. Yeah. TBD. Let us know. Keep us, keep us posted, but we're going to okay. talk about mediumship <laughs> and we're going to talk about conscious communication and spirits. And we're going to tell ghost stories and it's going to be so fun.
0: Oh, I cannot wait to tell you the first time I really saw a ghost.
1: I am so excited to oh! hear it. So if you love ghost stories and murder and mystery, come back Ooh. next week. We'll talk about it. I'm dun, dun, dun. <laughs> done until next time plan your death, talk to your families. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>